welcome to our very first episode of my ovaries made me do it and by first i mean first podcast episode we are moving from our video versions to a true podcast form so welcome yes welcome today we are diving right on in and we are going to be talking about sexuality and some of the terms that go along with that and you know sharing what we've learned on the topic and again we are still learning um, and we are actually interpreting things differently everybody is so please do not hesitate to comment enlighten us let us know where we got things right where we got things wrong uh, we're just here to open up a discussion and you know learn more about the topic yeah I think it's important to note too that none of these terms and we we researched a few lesser known um or lesser prevalent at least in in my my life uh terms for sexuality they had definitions but they were all at the same time exceptionally vague because they it's such a unique to your experience type of a thing so i think that you know we will have all sort of different interpretations of some of these these terms um I know that before this, like, I'd really only, I'd heard of asexuality, I had an idea of what it was, I hadn't really heard of any of these other terms that we'll be talking about as well, like demisexuality, gray sexuality, however, like, it is very prevalent in my life, like, I have a diverse group of friends that all have diverse sexualities, and so I knew that there was, it was more than what I had kind of grown up with, which was, like, you could be straight, you could be gay, you could be bi, those were kind of the main terms that I heard surrounding sexuality growing up and what Mm -hmm. I kind of thought like my choices were um and I happened to like fit into one of those honestly rather easily um and so yeah so exploring these we definitely came across some unique like differences and just in our own interpretation of them Online, you know, you can find different definitions. So we're just going with the definitions that we found. But again, of course, it's different interpretations by different people. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's very possible that you define it in a different way. But for the purposes of this discussion today, uh, we're defining sexuality as sexual feelings, thoughts, attractions, and behaviors towards other people. So when you look at the scale of sexuality, you know, you have asexual people who are at one end of the spectrum and then you have um allosexual people on the other end of the spectrum and then in the middle is where we found uh gray sexuality to be and in terms of gray sexuality uh again that's a very vague term and i think it's because it is kind of that gray area it's in the middle of the two you know ends of the spectrum and i think depending on the person it's how they interpret it. And it's, it's very like determinant on that person. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. It's very unique. Each person will define it a little bit differently. And I love that they use that word like gray. Like you said, it's that gray area. And you think of gray, there's thousands of shades of gray. Yeah. You can fall anywhere in there. And, and people within, you know, gray sexuality may experience, you know, sexual attraction once or twice in their life or more, or they may not experience it at all, you know, but um, it's, I think that middle point where, you know, you're saying you're not fully this, you're not fully this, you're somewhere in between. So those are kind of the the three main ones. Asexuality is a person that experiences little to no sexual attraction. 
um, and sexual attraction itself being defined as finding someone very sexually appealing and wanting to have sex with them. Whereas allosexuality is often considered just like the is the opposite of asexual. Well, and with asexuality, uh, part of the definition that I also found uh, also touched on saying that they have lower absent interest in or desire for sexual activity. And I think that that's kind of where some of the misinterpretations come from, because I think when people hear the term asexual and I even thought this for for a while before I learned more about it. You know, if if you heard asexual, it just means you don't like sex. You never want to have sex and that's it. You know, you just, you're not attracted to people and you don't like sex. And that's not true. You know, there's, there's so much variation in this term that, you know, I think people have misinterpreted, you know, the true meaning of it. Growing up asexual to me, I thought like they just didn't need it. Didn't want it, didn't need it. It wasn't like Mm -hmm. a need for that person. Um, however, from researching here, I kind of was under the impression, um, researching, you know, into more of the sexuality groups and whatnot, that our sexual identity does not always match up to like your sexual actions. And so I was a little surprised to hear you said like asexual people just have like zero interest in sex because from everything I was reading, although it would be unlikely, a person who is asexual could still be very sexually active. They would just not have, like, they wouldn't be experiencing the sexual attraction. And it didn't necessarily equate to their sex life or the amount of sex they were having. Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, I know when I was younger and I heard asexual, I just assumed it was people that, you know, or the way that I had heard it, it was people who didn't like sex, didn't want sex, weren't attracted to anybody. Mm -hmm. And now, after, you know... Growing up, <laughs> you know, having having it talked about more honestly, you know, and having more people speak out about it and doing research for this, you know, learning that asexuality is a gamut, you know, like you can very much be, you know, not attracted to somebody, but still enjoy sex and still be sexually active and still want that in your life but not experience the romantic part of a relationship or not need it. You know, you may not need it. Um, And the flip side is also true where I think there's people out there who can experience the romantic part of the relationship, the emotional part of the relationship, but not need the sex, you know, not need the physical part of it. Mm Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And again, I think that's one of the important reasons why we have these discussions and we're starting to talk about this stuff is, um, For me, that just kind of, like, I agree 100% with what you're saying there, and that it's so unique to the couple, to the person, and yet growing up, sexuality was not spoken about all that much. I don't, Mm -hmm. I think that, I believe that's across the board a lot, but maybe, maybe it was just, like, we grew up in the same area, you know? (laughs) Maybe it was just our demographic, you yeah. know, but so, like, there really was. And even like marriages or relationships had this sort of view of what sex would be like within that, what sexuality is within relationships. And it's so much more complex than that and confusing. And so I love having these conversations because then it will also open up, hopefully with people listening, you start to have these conversations with your friends, with um, maybe not just with your peers, but your parents and stuff too, right? With your grandparents and understanding to like understand the differences between some of these terms. 
Yeah. And I mean, personally, for me, I totally understand being able to have, you know, a close relationship with somebody and not be sexually attracted to them. I think I have, Mm -hmm. like, I, I would consider myself, you know, straight and I what think we're, I think cisgender. See, now this Just is it. Right? I don't even really know. When I was, I was like, oh, that could kind of be me. Oh, no, wait a second. That's not me. Is this me? Like, is that not me? I mean, I, I wouldn't say allosexual. Cause, all right. I don't know. I definitely, I, <laughs> well, I would, yeah, I would consider myself, I'm a cis person when it comes to relationships. You know, I enjoy sex and I enjoy romantic relationships with my partner um both emotionally and physically um so that's just how i experience things but i can totally understand friendships with people where it's like yeah i have a very close emotional connection with them and like i'm not sexually attracted to them but i feel fulfilled in that relationship so i can totally understand where people have that as their their romantic values and that's what they look for like i totally understand how somebody can feel fulfilled in that way and not need you know, not have the need for the physical part of it. Yeah. Yeah, I get that. I don't, I don't know. I don't know what the exact term that makes for. Sense. No, absolutely. Okay. <laughs> I mean, and, and even more than that, I can understand, which is something I didn't understand a whole lot before I started, like, honestly, getting into relationships and having sex and having an adult life where you understand emotions are so much more complex. But somebody being in a relationship where they have multiple sexual partners as well makes more sense to me now like Mm -hmm. something I can comprehend whereas like they have like maybe they have only the emotional bond together the romantic bond and then outside of that it's more open it's just so I I, I don't know I find it fascinating that people like find ways it's so much more out there now of like uniquely fulfilling their needs and not just trying to fit into a square or into like the box of what society has always told us um or like not even always but society has has taught us is the way to be I don't know you just have to yeah so it's just I'm yeah well and I I think there's there's definitely and I'm sure I'm sure we'll do an episode on you know the sexual revolution for women but I feel like nowadays it's a lot more accepted that you know whoever wants to can be on these dating apps that are purely for hookups that are purely for sexual pleasure, you know, and just being like, listen, we're going to meet up. And if we get along, great, we'll have a good night, consenting adults, whatever, and like move on, not necessarily looking for that romantic side of things, that long term relationship. And when I was younger, I feel like we were taught like, no, you, you fall in love with somebody, you get married, you know, and that's when you can have that sexual relationship. And now it's a lot more just like, well, maybe somebody doesn't experience that romance or want that romance in their life or need that romance but they still crave sex you know and they still crave that physical side of things you know Mm -hmm. and I think that's that's a lot more accepted now to be like yeah it's totally okay to just have the physical part and not require the emotional part with it yeah I definitely think it's a lot more acceptable it's more mainstream it yeah yeah I mean I don't know it feels like a lot of what I was taught around sex being a middle class a white girl who went to a Catholic school was shame. And it was exactly, you had to like wait until marriage. This, like my parents weren't like that. My parents were a lot more realistic, which I felt like balanced out what I was being taught in school and I was being taught in church and I was being taught sort of in the community. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that it's, 
if without the emotional bond, it is somehow shameful to have sex. And it is like, basically... I think we're at a point in time now where asexuality has has a place and people are starting to necessarily like I will never fully understand it because I'm not asexual but starting to see how and where and why people do feel this way and how they you know yeah still lead fulfilling <laughs> and wonderful fulfilled lives yeah you know social lives yeah romantic lives relationship wise you know like there's they're having you know their own experience Absolutely. You know, and just as it's becoming like more acceptable and mainstream, I do want to point out that I feel if you could be like maybe more someone living in the Bible Belt or a very religious person and you don't have to fall into, again, that sort of heterosexual uh, box, you know, Mm -hmm. you can have a happy, godly relationship you know, and still have one of these lesser, like still identify with a lesser known sexuality group or one of these, these terms, you could be grisexual and still in the church. I just, and still in the church, like I just want to like put, just because, not that I was like a big, really like church goer or into to religion, you know me, <laughs> but I just want to point this out because I feel like this is something that a lot of time gets attacked in church type of settings in religion. There's mm-hmm. a lot of religions that are just like so anti um, queerness, really, in any way. And I don't know. It's just I think that's what's so beautiful is coming to is that you can do this in any setting. You can be any race. You can be living in any country. You could be any religion, and you could still identify with one or more of these terms. It is universal to the human, you know. Yeah, and I mean, there are there's a lot of people out there who are kind of like, well, I don't understand why are there so many terms mm-hmm. out there? Like they all sound very similar. And from things that I was watching online and listening to people and you know hearing them say, like the reason there are so many labels out there is to help validate people's emotions and feelings and help them find a community similar to them because that's kind of how we build our our friendships and our community yeah. is finding people that experience the same things that we experience and can relate to us. So I, I believe that that's why there is so many labels out there because it's allowing the opportunity to find, you know, other people that feel similar to you. Yeah. I think, yeah, it's a, it adds comfortability to people too, because they can label themselves, they can label Mm -hmm. others. They're like, I'm okay with that label. I'm not okay with that one. Mm -hmm. Whereas, yeah, that's a really great point in reality. It's just sexuality, which is on a scale and, very fluid and as I was researching some of these I I was thinking because um it led me down a rabbit hole with all sorts of sexual terms (laughs) (laughs) and whatnot that that I started and I was like oh that could be me or that could be me and like sometimes Mm -hmm. I like partially would identify with something and other times I would like identify with something at a certain point in my life and Mm -hmm. it just made that point to me that it's very fluid and like I did think like why do we even bother with terms why can't it just be you know like why are we trying to label to understand this whereas if you just it is you just I don't know be more go with the flow with it but it does and it makes people more comfortable and like you said they kind of go into their groups of where they are comfortable like what term am I okay with 
and it validates your feelings of this yes. is how I feel. And you know what? There's other people out there who feel the same way. Mm-hmm. And something I did learn too is that like you can actually, to your point, what you were saying is you can actually be multiple, you yeah. know, labels. You can you can be gray sexual and be bisexual. You can be, you know, a culmination of these terms. They're not just one, you're you're in this group and that's it. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. No, absolutely. You know, and I think it's point you're it's a good point to point about the validating of people's feelings because coming back to like why are there so many terms, it's again it's like almost that like oppression that I think about and that shame that I think about we attach to sexuality and the fact that like again, if you don't fit into one end of the spectrum or the other, there was like you're invalidated and yeah. you don't matter. And I and I know that there are uh, it's still a fight. I mean, I was, I'm really shocked that myself that I didn't know more of these terms. It's not something that, I don't know. I just, I was shocked. I didn't understand more of these terms before, before we decided to do something, you know, to to learn about it. I mean, and truly the reason I knew of these was partially because of YouTube rabbit holes. You know, I would Mm -hmm. watch, I, uh, I think, maybe a year or two ago, Chantal from Ladylike, she was describing, you know, her sexuality and she was describing the term demisexual. And as she was describing it, I kind of was like, oh, I mean, I, I kind of feel that way about relationships. Like I have to have an emotional connection before I am sexually attracted to a person, you know? And I was like, Mm -hmm. okay, that's interesting. You know, and she kind of explained it from her, her, experience you know and like I said everybody's experience is different and everybody's definition may vary um but that kind of started me down the rabbit hole of like well what else is out there you know and what other terms are there yeah and and I think it's definitely becoming more of a conversation I think people are are talking about it more it's out there I I remember growing up in like in our you know sex ed class or whatever like you said you're you're straight or you're gay and those are kind of your options and um here's their definitions and like that's it mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's not yeah, true you know it wasn't even like a thought and uh, that we were taught and by the time I was going through sex ed yeah we, I was in a public school it wasn't even like taught that there's any fluidity to it any other options other than what the definitions were presented you know there's these two straight and gay Oh, and I guess bi is a thing, but like back then people were like, bi is just stop, like on your way to gay. Bi is just a phase. Yeah. Yeah. So. Which is not true. No. You know? Yeah. I don't know. I thought I was shocked because not that I've like gone down rabbit holes with this stuff, but I have a lot of, I have a variety of friends. I grew up with like, I'm an artist. And so I've got a lot of gay friends and transgenders and people, like I I have heard the term pansexual. I know someone who's pansexual and I've, I've been within these communities and around these people and I am friends with them and yet I realized like although I had like dug in a little bit with some of them around their sexuality I had never I'm realizing it's a privilege my sexuality is even a privilege because I never um I never felt like it was like unvalued or invalidated yeah it was invalidated in any way I didn't need to know these terms and now I'm just like, how could I have not known these terms? 
But it is one of those things, too, where, you know, you only know what you know. You only know life oh, yeah. from your vantage point. And so until somebody comes by and, and makes you question it or or brings it to your attention, you you don't you don't know that you don't know. Yeah, so. I know. But I thought that I knew some like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, again, I think it's very important for us to start having these conversations and with our podcast and to go deeper is because that in itself is something I think can stunt conversations uh, is the fear of like, insulting someone while a you're either like working through what you're trying to say or you're trying to understand your own feelings around something yeah and I mean we want it to be an open discussion. We, yeah. we want feedback from people. We want to learn and educate and teach ourselves and teach our community, you know, more about these topics that are somewhat coming to light now, but are, are not, you know, fully fleshed out, you know, mm-hmm. people, like you said, we, we hadn't known of these terms and they've been around, you know, like, um, but only recently have they really come up in like mainstream discussion so I think it's important that we take time and we learn and we correct each other and we grow from it, you know, mm-hmm. in a positive, constructive way, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I really, as I started getting deeper into some of these terms and realizing the nuances between the definitions mm-hmm. and how like they're vague, but specific and that people have it was never really like, oh, I need to define what my sexuality is. I just knew it. I just yeah. felt it. And as it's flowed in any way, it's just whatever. It's just, it is. And it's never been anything that, like I said, I have felt has been invalidated. I'm straight. I am, and it's, that there's there. Yeah, it's easy. A lot of ways to be straight, but with that, like I said, I thought I, 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 not that I thought I had good friends. I have good friends that identify as very many different things within the sexual world, right? Within sexuality, I, I'm shocked at myself for never even clicking until now, like how important it is to understand some of the differences to make sure that I that like my friends and every person that I come in contact with that knows that I value that, that I understand it, that I don't, I don't know. I don't want to, it's kind of like trying to, I kind of equate it in some way with even with like race and trying to understand racism because people are so discriminated against within their sexuality and there's my privilege, whereas like, although I've known it, although you see it, you don't experience it. And if something really clicked for me with this, like there are so many areas in which it is just so simple for me to not realize how complex it is for others, you know, right. and to dive into that with no other intention than to understand to the best of my ability, because that's all I can do. Mm-hmm. So there we go. That's it. <laughs> beautifully said. I love that. Yeah. I'm, I don't know. I don't know. Like, I really think it's like, I feel sometimes like there's like a shame around my privilege and being then trying to even break through that and have those conversations or like, God, that I feel like a little bit guilty that I didn't like get specifics from some of my friends who I guess then would say like, you know, I'm queer and do they do that? Cause it's easier 
or that I have the privilege of being straight. It's one of those things where, yeah, you feel almost guilty. Yeah. You know, you you feel guilty that it's so easy for you and mm-hmm. for me. Like, I, I understand that, you know, like, I feel guilty that things do just click and that it's easy for me to just know who I am, know what I like, you know, and, and be able to just live my life without any questions, without questioning myself and my identity and the people that I love and the way I love and the way, you know, my relationships work because, you know, it has a primary definition, you know, like it just, (laughs) it's a definition that we grew up with in comparison to others. My life has been easy you know because like I like I said we grew up with a definition that I fit that made sense to me so I never had to question anything whereas there's people that we're surrounded by who it didn't fit and that you know I don't want to say traumatized but it it definitely made it harder for them to accept themselves accept the world around them you know I know people who have said you know like what's wrong with me why am I not you know doing it right and the answer is it's there's no right or wrong. You're, you're just living life. And at the time there just wasn't a word for it for you Mm -hmm. to, you know, connect yourself to and identify with and relate to. There's, it's like, um, it's like when I studied abroad and they were like, we do things differently here. It's not wrong. It's different. And that's kind of what, where we're at in today's world, accepting, you know, all these terms that have now come about that we're learning about that you know the way people are living is not wrong it is just different it's different that's it it's different each one as valid as the other just different yeah wouldn't it be such a beautiful world if we could just accept each other's differences it would be I think we're, uh, there's people out there working towards, we're working towards it. I, I know there's a lot of stuff in the media where it's like, oh, the earth is going to hell. People (laughs) hate each other. Like it's so bad, but there's, there's also a lot of good. Like I think people kind of get overwhelmed with the negative and don't see all the positive too that's happening. You know, like there are good things out there. People are taking care of people. We're having discussions like this where we bring to light, you know, that, There are a vast spectrum of terms in the world. I believe so. I think we're ushering in a really beautiful, inclusive, holy world. And I mean, I'm excited to see, you know, the generation below us, Gen Z, because I I feel like they're they're able to. Well, they're they're a little they're 24 to 14. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm excited to see where Generation Z goes with all this because they're kind of right in that age where you're learning about yourself, you're figuring out your identity, Mm -hmm. you know, you're figuring out where you fit in the world. And I think that hopefully they have a lot more options that they can, you know, connect with and build communities around and, you know, find themselves and be more themselves, you know, not be afraid to be more themselves. I think that's what the internet did is it connected them. And that's why a lot of this started coming out is that there were no terms before when we were growing up and there Mm -hmm. was also no global community. You know, I didn't have internet access as a kid. And when we did, we had one computer in my mom's room. Yeah. Like, it was not, I mean, I started texting after I was driving. Like, it just, yeah, the internet is so different. 
back then yeah. to now. And so kids are coming of an age in a time where they not only are there a ton of terms out there now, it's easy access to people who identify with those terms as well. And I, yeah, I am really excited to see, I think that's the, the real, some of the real like world changers because they, one, we didn't get, we're not giving them a lot of time to act uh, <laughs> on certain things that need to be taken care of in this world. The way that br- our brains have evolved to work with the technology and that group is coming up raised with technology in their hand for the most part, you know? Yeah. They're, I mean, they're the first group that's going to have had internet most of their lives, you know, like they yeah. were babies kind of when it was starting to become mainstream. So, yeah. you know, I, I mean, those 14 year olds grew up with, you know, maybe not a phone in their hand, but they had com- probably more than our little 30 minute computer lab once a week, yeah. you know, <laughs> <laughs> in school. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm really excited to see what kind of like innovation. I think that it's going to be sort of like the trendsetters for the next sort of stage of humanity because we yeah. I mean things are shifting and fast and more focused back on sexuality. <laughs> <laughs> and some of those lesser known terms um I don't know, I think that we had an interesting discussion, you know, mm-hmm. off <laughs> Off air. Off camera. Yeah, off, off camera. camera. Um, about there's, I had read somewhere that, you know, there's some subcategories within asexuality. Mm-hmm. Um, but we kind of had a discussion how, like, we could see how it could relate to kind of wherever you are on the spectrum. It doesn't, doesn't necessarily solely apply to asexuality. But, um, you know, there's Correct. sex negative, um, which is people who just are not interested at all in sex. It just, it doesn't appeal to them. They're not interested. Uh, sex neutral meaning they don't really care about sex either way you know they'll have it but they don't they're also cool not having it yeah (laughs) Uh, and then sex positive which is people who enjoy sex and the concept of sex and may seek out sexual relationships um but don't necessarily need it to go along with a romantic relationship you know they can just have Mm -hmm. the sex on the own on its own yeah uh, without any emotional ties Right there, like even just looking at those terms, yeah, like they you found them looking up asexuality. I saw them there too, but yeah, I associate it more with everything because, like, look at the fluidity of that. Like, because it's not oh, sex positive, I want to have sex with everybody and I seek it out no matter what with a romantic relationship. For most people, it's certain people, or I agree, you know, that's that's a perfect example of fluidity at any. I think the way that this is written to kind of show that you know people who are asexual it doesn't mean that they don't like or enjoy sex i think that's why it was put there is to show that you can be asexual and still enjoy sex you can be asexual and still enjoy emotional relationships you know Mm -hmm. and not want the sex part of it you know it just i think it was put there to show the the differences the nuances of asexuality you know but yeah i do think on a on a personal note, like I've definitely had experiences in different relationships where like just our relationship is, is different. I've had, you know, partners where like sex was more prevalent. I've had partners where the emotional relationship was more prevalent. So, you know, it's determinant on everybody's relationship and how you connect with the individual person or how you don't connect with an individual (laughs) person. You know, I just, yes, I, I think these, 
the duality of these applies to a lot of things, but I understand why they're listed. Absolutely. And I think that's a really good point to make is like that the sex behavior, like the sex is separate from the sexuality. Yeah. But I wonder if also if these are listed because for some people, maybe they don't experience it like that. Like maybe for them, it is always just just that either they're sex positive sex neutral or sex negative you know like maybe in every relationship it doesn't differ depending on the person like for them they will always only want sex you know in their relationships or you know I just I wonder why they're listed under there and I I wonder if that's somebody's experience is that you know they always sex always repulses them like it will never um it doesn't matter who they connect with they will never ever want it and I think maybe that's why it's under that umbrella maybe i don't know because there are some people out there who just like they will never want sex they just they don't want it it's not part of they don't care i feel to like do that it. should they be don't... its own term <laughs> well it is its own term found under the umbrella of asexuality yeah i don't know why it's i mean and i'm sure you can find it on its own i'm just mm-hmm. saying in my research i found it multiple times considered under the umbrella of asexuality and that's again why we're having discussions like this because that's how it's listed right now on the internet but it could be Mm -hmm. worldwide interpreted completely differently and so that's why we're talking about it you know and and we'd love to hear your point of view if you share a different point of view you know let us know that's why we're doing this that's really interesting i don't know because like people people have sex for different reasons besides just being attracted to someone and wanting to have sex you know like the I don't know, because you could be asexual but want children so you have sex so you can get pregnant. Like, it's not about being physically attracted to a person. And so yeah. that is curious that it's, like, that kept popping up, the sex, like, sex negative. Because I, hmm, like, the sex negative under asexual, I don't know. I'm just curious to look into that one even deeper if, like, yeah, they don't want sex ever. But how often do they still have sex for like I said, those like other other reasons. I mean, my interpretation of yeah. it, because uh, I've you know read some, and I also listened to some interviews, and you know, this one girl was saying how like she knew she didn't want to have sex. She just it's she doesn't want it. She doesn't enjoy it. She doesn't like it. And so she broke up with her partner because like they couldn't understand that, you know. And so yeah. I think for some people, they're they're never open to even considering it, you know, which is fine. That's their experience and that's what they want out of their relationship. Um, and I think other people who are probably a little more sex neutral, like they don't really care about the sex. They don't care about having it, but they want to please their partner and like want to match their partner's need on that. one, Right. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not something, it's not a pinnacle of their, you know, person that, yeah. Huh. You know what I'm trying to say there? Like I it's not, like we we all have we all have like you know some have deal breakers and so exactly. like for that one person exactly. yeah like sex is a deal breaker but for yes. someone else that's yeah like they they have a capacity to do it yeah even if they're not going to get enjoyment out of it but they don't care you know like for them they're like fine whatever I'll do it because I know it makes you happy and that's you know something that pleases you and like for me you know we'll go get burgers or something (laughs) (laughs) you know and I I think that's why those terms are there under asexuality Mm -hmm. 
Man, see, it's just, there's so much to it. And it's it's hard sometimes looking at it through other people's perspective because it is hard yeah. to look outside of your own perspective. And like you said, that that guilty feeling of like, well, I know how I feel and I know it comes easy to me and like other people understand what I'm feeling, you know, but yeah. luckily now there's more conversations where people who don't feel the same way yeah. as us are now finding other people out there who feel the same way that they do. Yeah, so. validating act like for everybody. Yeah. That's the beauty of the internet. Yes, so it can just helps bring people together. Yeah, I can't really imagine not enjoying. I mean, I can because I've had unenjoyable sexual encounters, but in general, like when I think about sex, it is at a very it's an enjoyable act, and it's hard to imagine someone like for me. It's not hard to imagine someone else, but it's hard to imagine ever feeling as if like it was just no no interest no enjoyment no nothing get nothing from that act it's yeah. like such a it is a it is yeah, difficult like not to not having any of those urges you know yeah and it's it's interesting I wonder if any of this and I know we don't you know we don't know what what makes up our you know orientation and our who knows what that all is but I find it interesting because I know the whole reason that kind of we came up with the title, my ovaries made me do it, uh, is because I know that like once I hit a particular age, you know, in my thirties, I went through a phase where I was like, I don't care who you are. You're a dude. You can put a baby in me, like sleep with me, (laughs) you know, like, and I would just get these urges and like, I'm not typically a person who is like sex driven, you know, yeah. like I, I am definitely more emotionally driven. I want a partner who I emotionally connect with and then have sex. But there were times like in my thirties, you know, I'm still in my thirties, but like there, there's, there's specific times and I've, I've charted it. It's when I'm ovulating that like yeah. my body is just like <laughs> impregnate me, impregnate me. I don't care. I'll sleep with you. I don't care. I'll sleep with you, you know, and just like this sex drive that like is insane that I've never had before. So I just, I wonder if how much of that ties into, you know, our, our chemical built up because like, that's clearly a change that like my body is like, Nope, time to have babies. Like this, yeah. is, this is where we're at in life, you know? So it's, I wonder how much of all that is, you know, tied into, you know, your chemical makeup know. and your DNA and, you know. That's interesting. I don't know. See, my like clock ticking hit me in my twenties and it didn't hit me like that. It, but it definitely was point where it was just like my body was screaming like, "Oh, baby, baby put a baby, baby, baby in me!" Baby, baby, yeah. Baby. <laughs> Even my mom was like, "Yeah, my body would do that." And I'm like, I don't know. For me personally, I was able to be like, "Oh, that's those are hormones. Like, I don't want a baby. <laughs> I don't." <laughs> my head would. Like, yeah, like, I mean, you know what? Yeah. <laughs> so exactly, but there we go. That's like that chemical. Like that's I was. I've never really, I've never really wanted children. So, and I was able to logically think through my hormones and be like, that is a hormone. Like that is just my hormones speaking to me <laughs> and yeah. not a true, I don't know. So urge. I wonder if that's even yeah. like part of it. Yeah. You know, like it was a chemical urge within me that it wasn't even, it wasn't that strong. I'm glad that I don't get that <laughs> anymore. Oh. Yeah, we diverged. <laughs> we diverged, but it is. It's just like a feeling inside. It's like how I've always known I've been attracted to men. Like mm-hmm. there was never really a question of it to me. And even though I can find women attractive, I'm not attracted to them. You know, I often find I think women are beautiful. I love the female form. Yeah, but I don't. 
yeah, I just am attracted to men and even the, like even then it's not every fucking man, that's for sure. <laughs> so, so yeah. Yeah, I feel like hopefully we expressed what we wanted to with this, you know, and like we said, we are still learning. We are opening up dialogue we are open to sharing you know hearing your experiences sharing them with us and learning more about this topic I just you know I loved reading about things that are outside my experience yes yeah absolutely I love to get outside of our comfort zone and to learn about things that we you know, we haven't experienced. And like you said, open up these conversations. We want people to start talking about it more and talking with us. So leave comments where you can. Constructive feedback is always welcome. And yeah, (laughs) I definitely want to continue along this. Yeah, we're not here to judge. We're here to like talk, you know, and and I'm not gonna lie. It's I'm I think we talk like we're like white cisgender women. (laughs) Like, and Mm -hmm. this is not it's kind of been like in the art experience, but not a direct experience that we've had. Yeah, we're hoping so. to dive into more, you know, more issues, more topics that are starting to come to light, difficult mm-hmm. topics. Um, so, you know, if you have any ideas for us to cover, let us mm-hmm. know. Yeah, those things like I always think, like, what do I have struggle sometimes to talk about with my parents? you know, around sexuality, around racism, around money, around future, all sorts of things. So, so join us next time. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but seriously, reach out to us on socials You can find our YouTube channel under the title Untitled Women. You do have to search it, but it is there. I promise we have a bunch of videos. Uh, we filmed them during quarantine and we are very new to it. So, you know, it's, a little rough but they're enjoyable they're a fun watch they're a lot lighter than kind of what we're covering now um but go check us out there you can find me on instagram at untitled underscore women and you can find me at kundali underscore d yeah so we'll see you next time for our new podcast yes find my ovaries maybe do it join us subscribe whatever you do for podcasts follow our podcast listen we plan to come out with a bunch more um hopefully on a pretty strict schedule we'll see we'll get a we'll get a, we'll get a schedule going soon we'll enough going. yeah you guys uh, listen and hit like and we'll keep delivering the goods we love you we'll see you next time in the meantime stay happy stay healthy and stay curious bye